Good evening, brothers and sisters. How are you all today? Okay. So, we all have a good break last week. <clears throat> uh, so, National Day is here and it's gone already. Uh, How many of you watch NDP? How was how was NDP? Good. Uh, so two weeks ago, did I give give you all any exercise? I give you all some exercise, right? What exercise? Uh, it's pertaining to the text. I think we, when we finish, we end um, at the the last one, uh, page twenty-four. Yeah. Uh, the one on the attachment to uh, practices and that are not not supportive of the practice. Yeah. So do you all remember the exercise I gave? Yeah. yeah. What was the exercise? Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. So did you all go go back and think about it and write down? How many of you uh, can, cannot remember about the didn't remember about the, the exercise? Okay, very good. Yeah, so we will be having this class for a long time. Huh? <laughs> uh, so maybe you all can spend uh, one or two minutes. So write down the practices that you are currently doing on a regular basis. It may be once a week or it may be once a day. Yeah. Uh, so so write that down. Then after that um, you can ask yourself, so how how does that practice help you uh, deal with Circumstances and situations that you encounter. Yeah, how does that practice help you deal with, let's say, uh, overcome frustrations that you have? Okay, just spend one or two minutes writing that. <coughs> Yes. Ah. Overcome. Uh, so, 
the frustration, for example. Uh, uh, sometimes we may, may not be able to use it to overcome, then at least help you to face the frustration, for example. Uh, you can include the learning of Dharma. Uh, you can include that. So whether it's uh, the Wen Shi Xiu or Jie Ding Hui, yeah. So whether it's the learning of the of the Dharma in Dharma classes, or you may read books. Dhamma books, or you may reflect on the teachings, or maybe you watch uh, talks on YouTube or this class, for example. Yeah, um, practices would be like you meditate, uh, you do meta meditation, anapanasati meditation, uh, you do uh, daily chanting. Uh, maybe in the morning you wake up, you chant Lan Yan Zhou, Da Bei Zhou, Si Xiao Zhou, all the Zhou. Huh? Well, then after that, you Nian Pass Ba Four. Then uh, in the evening, or uh, then in, in the daytime when you are at work, yeah. Uh, <laughs> over lunch, you will. Uh, you will take out your yingqing and then you start chanting gong yang ji. <laughs> so when you do all this chanting, uh, you can write that down. Yeah, if you do those all this chanting, maybe you do, maybe you just chant namo guan si pusa. including when you burn your stick, you offer light. Yeah, do light offering, uh, etc. etc. Yeah. So first we write down the exercise. Then you ask yourself, for each of these practice, how does that help me uh, face my life? How does it help me uh, overcome my frustrations, overcome my unhappiness? How does it help me to be a, a better person? A happier person, for example. If if you find that it's difficult to answer these questions, then you can also write how does it affect you. Yeah. And if you still find that eh don't know how it affects me, it's okay. Uh, just write down don't know. <laughs>
okay Okay. Do I need more time? Okay. So, uh, so what did you all write down? Uh, look at, take a look. So, I will just run through those. Uh, run through those. Uh, different practices, then you'll raise your hand, okay? So, how many of you wrote down attending Dharma classes? Yeah, better write down, you attend this class then. <laughs> uh, how about reading Dharma books or suttas? Okay. Uh, listening to Dharma talks online? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it can also be, let's say, uh, more traditional somehow you got the CD, then you listen to the CD. Yeah. Uh, then how about practices like um, meditation? Okay. How about uh, chanting? Okay, so then chanting, let's be a bit more specific. Uh, chanting of mantra. Okay. Chanting of sutra. Then chanting of uh, mantra sutra. Uh, then the Buddha's or uh, Buddha Bodhisattva's name. Anyone? Okay. Uh, so how many of you have not raised your hand? <laughs> Some of you haven't raised your hand. Huh? Uh, so are there any practices or anything that you all are currently doing that I have not? Um, highlighted. Any anyone? Yes. Water uh, doing oh yeah. Okay, so offering doing water offering. How many of you do water offering? Mm. Then light offering. Uh, incense offering. Flower offering. Fruits offering. Diamond ring offering. <laughs> Long time ago, uh, before I become a monk, I saw my my family altar uh, decked with wow, a lot of precious stones. Qi bao zhuang yan. But those precious stones, if if someone a burglar come into our house, nobody will touch that. Uh, because from for the rest of the world, it's not precious. <laughs> Uh, so the those precious stones are bought. Do you know where to buy those precious stones? You don't have to go and uh, spend a lot of money. You just go to Fortune Center. Uh, they have one whole jar, one whole container. How, how much? How many pack you want? <laughs> so when I when I saw those precious stones, so I asked. So. Someone in the family uh, explained, saying, oh, this one is the seven precious stones. Or doing offering, you offer the seven precious stones is very, uh, very good, and so on. So I look at it, and then I say, but 
before you learn about the seven precious stones, uh, are these seven precious stones precious to you? <laughs> Say, huh? Do you use these seven precious stones? No. <laughs> so then it's not precious to you. Now, before you, you learn about the seven precious stones, you don't even buy these precious stones. These stones. Now that you learn the Dharma, now you buy the stones to offer. So I told someone in the family, if you want to offer, you should take out your jewellery and put it there and offer. Because the part of the point of the offering is to learn uh, non-attachment, yeah, directly, yeah, to to be able to to part with the thing that the things that you consider to be precious, yeah. So uh, in Singapore, any of you wear the precious stone? Last time, long time ago, uh, all the uncle, auntie wore, yeah. Uh, the, the fake gold then got the green color la what color <laughs> yeah but nowadays who who wear that yeah. nowadays people don't even wear gold yeah people wear platinum backim <laughs> yeah so uh, coming back so did you all manage to write down how the practices help you is there anyone who whom you wrote down some practices but you're not clear how it actually helps you or haven't never really thought about it. Anybody? Uh, be careful uh, before you before we proceed. If if you raise your hand, then I will not ask you to explain. <laughs> if you don't raise your hand, that means you are very clear how it then you will we'll go through, okay? Uh, today's session is a wrap up of the so uh, if you all all, <laughs> then we'll go through. Then each of you, okay, what do you write down? Uh, okay. <laughs> so let me ask the question again. Is there any of you, when you write down, then when you think about how it helps you to face your life, overcome, and so on and so forth, yeah, you're not so clear about how it actually helps you, but you do it anyway. Uh, okay, Belaine, you're safe. Okay, Nancy, uh, who else? Okay, some of you. So, uh, who is able to write down very clearly how it helped you? The rest who, who didn't raise your hand are all included. Huh? Okay, so only three of you are excluded. So the rest, okay, like, <laughs> who wants to go first? I give you a choice. Those who go first actually have it easier. Yeah, otherwise, Later on, later on, then nothing left to say, you know. Ah, don't be so stressed, lah. Just write down whatever you say, you know. Like, uh, just briefly, uh, what is the practices you are doing currently? So, uh, HK does uh, meditation and water offering. Yeah. So, uh, for 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 him, 
Doing meditation helps him to be calmer, helps him to stop, think, and then act. Yeah, stop, think, act. Yeah, uh, not just react immediately. Okay. What else? Anything else? Uh, water, water offering. Uh, water offering remind me about our clarity. Clarity. Okay. Okay, good. Right? Give him a round of applause. <laughs> sadu, sadu, sadu. Okay, very good. Um, anybody else do water offering? How do you do water offering? I mean, how does that help you? Oh, yeah, you raise your hand now. Okay, skip. <laughs> Who else? Who else do water offering? Okay, like. Uh, so when when she do the water offering, she offer with this thought: May all beings be free of thirst. Yeah, be free of otika, uh, hunger and thirst. Wow, this one very good. I uh. just give you water, you don't be hungry. Uh. not just quench your thirst, but yeah. Okay, so that is uh, in line with Yao琉璃光如来的那个大愿十二大愿王 uh, 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 Who else do our water offering? Yes. Um, I think from my perspective, it helps me to be calmer and I feel that it helps to also lower down my Water offering. Ah, okay. So, how uh, would you like to is that uh, elaborate how does how that helps you to lower your ego? I cannot explain. Ah. <laughs> oh, do do you all don't laugh? It's some practices actually. When I was uh, asking you all the question, uh, you see sometimes we do some of practices. It may be offering, it may be meditation, it may be chanting. Uh, on one hand, it is good to know exactly how it works and how it can help you. On the other hand, some practices can can help you to feel uh, calmer, help you in ways that you can't quite put a finger on it. Yeah, and part of the reason why I asked about National Day last for last week is. Uh, You know those NDP songs, yeah, Count on Me, Singapore, and so on. Uh? If you think about it, singing all those songs does it make our country stronger? <laughs> Doesn't directly do much, uh, right? Hey, but it does make you feel very patriotic, you know. At least for me, for me it does that. Uh, one could rationalize it, one could reason it out, saying that because of the verses because of the tempo and the rhythm. Yeah, but the thing is that, at the end of the day, for me at least, when I hear those uh, songs, it brings up, it wells up this uh, connection with what we call Singapore. Yeah. Uh, but as I think about it, it also does something else. It brings up the associated, associative memory of my secondary school days, yeah, 
And perhaps what we always think, oh, when we were younger, it's much better. Yeah, partly because when we were younger, we don't have to, to, to deal with many things, you know. <laughs> we are just go to school, come back, go to school, come back, play, 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 go to school. <laughs> yeah. So some of the practices we do um, has similar effect. Yeah. Uh, so don't uh, the the part of the exercise is not um, not simply to get people to dismiss exercises if you cannot explain it. Yeah. Okay. So for you, it helps you to become calmer and also overcome ego. Ah. Who else do water offering? Okay. Anything to add? Water of friends, I will look at the water and remind me to be clear. Ah, reminds you to be clear. Huh? Remind us to be clear as clear as the water. Clear as the water. Yes. Ah. So, s- somewhat, there's some parallel. Yeah, HK said that uh, uh, reminds him to, to, you know, to be clear and then like, like, the, like the water settling down. There's actually a sutta where the Buddha uh, used that as an analogy. That our mind is like the, a, a pond. Yeah? If the pond with the sediments are unsettled, then you cannot see clearly. You cannot see what is inside. But if you let the, uh, the, the, the water settle down, yeah? then the sediments, the, the, the murky water becomes clear. And then a, a person with clear eyesight, good eyesight, and see clearly what is inside the water. Yeah. So, uh, any, anybody else who would like to add? Uh, hang on, hang on. Now you want to share, right? <laughs> right? Uh huh. Uh, so what 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 from so hard? Om from so hard. So this is was like. Oh. Oh. Okay. So Om from so Uh. Which, you know, when, when I ask something, straight away, it's an option. Oh. 
So now after chanting, so after chanting, he's under your control. So, Pusa now control him. Goddess of Mercy. Uh, let me share with you the proper term, Avalokiteshvara Bodhisattva. Uh, <laughs> Goddess of Mercy. Well, uh, well, it's is the is the long, wrong translation from last time. <laughs> yeah, uh, but we we understand what you're talking about. Who else do? Uh, how about you? What what do you what practices do you do? For me, it's Dharma class and meditation. Okay. So, Dharma class help me understand the truth better. Okay. And how uh, we function and the world function. Uh-huh. So it help me help me in my anger and my anxiety. Okay. So in return, I have better relationship with friends, with my family. Okay. So I'm more patient. Okay. Good. Uh, about you? Uh, <laughs> I I don't, When we understand ourselves better, uh, the, the Dharma ultimately uh, is not about something apart from our life. Yeah? The Dharma is a description of the truth of our existence. So it helps us to understand ourselves better and uh, over time help us to understand others better as well. And when you can understand better uh, why they act or behave in a certain way, then um, easier for us, I don't say totally, but easier for us to have more patience um, and also uh, give rise to compassion. Yeah. Good. Uh huh. Okay. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And then I, my member came back because it worked, so I went back to meditation. Ah. Hope, so, hope your, it will help me. so your work is your Dharma, <laughs> dharma instructor. Yeah, yeah. My, actually, I would say that my work at my office is my Dharma instructor. <laughs> yeah. So, I also do chanting uh-huh. on every weekend. Uh-huh. Uh, 
Okay. How do you know it's good? Cultivating the field, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I do honey. And I also do the, the sutra recycle every morning. Uh-huh. Uh, 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 there's only one particular do recitation uh, how, how does recitation uh, help you or affects you uh, recitation of sutra uh, sutra mantra buddha's name sutra different sutra got different different thing uh, uh-huh. yeah okay so king kang jing is wuxia uh uh pumeng king actually pumeng king I feel it's gratitude. For me, it's gratitude to consume Kusa. Okay. I don't know why. Somehow I, I just have this gratitude to consume Kusa. I don't know why. Okay. Up before Jing is vows for Pyo Lian. Okay. Uh, Zhou is for. It's like. Gives you, it gives you confidence. Uh-huh. And it gives you confidence and it gives you a. And it has a, it's a, it's a, like a, a faith in the, some very profound meaning, I feel. Yeah. Increases the faith in some profound meaning. Uh, uh do Zhang Jing is for, uh, this one is like a, it's like precaution. I feel Zhe Zhang Jing is, for everyone is a, is a precaution, what you should not do. Uh, yeah. So every, every thing, every toe has a different purpose. Uh. Thank you. Okay. okay, good. Pu Men Ping. It highlights the, the uh, compassion and skillful <coughs> means of Guan Xin Pusa. Uh, so perhaps that's why you feel gratitude towards Guan uh, Xin Pusa. Uh, it'd be too lengthy to go through all the different practices to explain to you all how it uh, can actually help us. Uh, take Pumanping for example, uh, or any form of chanting of Buddha's name. 
we usually start off when we do chanting as a recipient. I chant and then you bless me. Yeah. Uh, this is usually the first stage. I'm in I'm in trouble, I I'm in danger, I need help, I chant, you come and help me. So at the later stage, then uh, not that you become not that there's a role reversal, you go and help Kwan Simpusa. <laughs> But you move beyond being the recipient, um, but you aspire to become like Kwan Simpusa. So, inside the Kwan Simpusa Pumenping, so it highlights how the Bodhisattva would um, manifest in various forms according to the needs uh, of the individual uh, person, yeah, so that Kwan Simpusa or if I may, uh, for that matter, any Bodhisattva, not just Kwan Simpusa, uh, is able to reach out to specific individuals yeah, and guide and teach them. Yeah. So, uh, as we chant this over time, uh, then this become our personal vow also. Yeah. So there's actually many layers to this. For one, um, there's actually wisdom inside. It's not just compassion. In Buddhism, compassion is always rooted in wisdom. Yeah. The wisdom allows us to overcome our attachment, attachment to our our form, our role, who we are, what we are. Yeah. That's how Kwan Simpusa and all the Bodhisattvas are able to manifest in various forms. Yeah. And be able to manifest it and be willing to manifest in different forms, uh, not according to their own preferences, yeah, but according to what is needed. So sometimes at work, sometimes at home, uh, this can be most helpful. Yeah. Uh, instead of insisting on my way, ask yourself what is the best way, what is the way that can work. Instead of insisting that you be the one to do it, to help this person, ask yourself, maybe you are not the right person. Maybe what this person is for needed from you is for you to recommend somebody else to help. You know? So while we don't have the psychic or spiritual powers like the Buddhas, and bodhisattvas to to literally manifest, to physically manifest, uh, but we can uh, play different roles. Yeah, we can play different roles. Um, once our focus is on the benefit and welfare of others, then we are able to do it. Uh, how about from the back or from this group here? Uh, any other practices that is not highlighted or that you have uh, you are currently doing that you like to add on uh, how about from the yes Okay. After that, I will start with meditations. 
Uh, then evening time, I do some meta. Okay. Yes, times plus in night time, do some chanting. Whether it's for me or for before I close. But do you find a change in you yourself? Definitely. Ah, okay. okay. That's the most important thing. Very very interesting point. Uh. How many of you drive? And how many of you uh, have have gotten horned before? I mean, quite quite easy to get horned in Singapore. So, uh, did, did you did you notice what he said that you have no fear? Um, so there may be different reasons why you have no fear. Some people are thick skin, you know, <laughs> drive very slowly and then. They, just now there, take your own sweet time, gonna horn, la 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 la. But I don't think that's what he meant. Yeah. The opposite is there are some people who are quite consumed spider. Yeah. Uh, afraid the moment people just you know queue up behind waiting for someone to alight or get on, or well, the person already a bit mangzang, you know, yeah, a bit um, anxious, yeah, a bit ruffled. So I, I, if I don't understand him wrongly, uh, having that fearlessness, yeah, that even if someone pawn you, as long as it's within your your rights and way, yeah, you don't have to be afraid of of it. Yeah, I've encountered individuals who are, are so afraid of people pawning, you know. Yeah, so it end up have to you know. Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> but there's a double-edged sword. You have to know whether you're actually causing inconvenience. Huh? Uh, what else? What, anything else? Um, even your great interest and your ability of ignorance will be getting less. Uh, through, through which practice? Huh? Through which practice? I think through, I practice more on meditation. Uh, Okay. So six years around the time for the Buddha. So uh, anywhere near? No. The <laughs> I'm just joking. Huh? Good. Mm. Oh, you so like you love Hatsutra. So that one where the Reflection on on Lao Ping Si, 
the impermanence of life, the mortality of life. And after that, you do some wash up. Uh, then you start the meditation. Very good. Good. How about quack? As in, as in this, uh, your thoughts when you do the offering, or, <coughs> or this is what you have heard. It. Ah, you have learned from that. So, do you do these offerings? And when you do the offerings, do you think in this way? More or less. More or less. Huh? Okay, that's good. So prepare for next life. Huh? You, did you get the passport ready? From <laughs> Good. So you have something to add now? Uh, so what are your thoughts? Uh, you have the clarity of the mind, okay? You have wisdom and compassion. Oh, you know, doing all, huh? Feel like what? Oh, when you are doing incense offerings, then you feel like you are a good person. Then you finish. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, good. Then, uh, oh, some more. Okay. Learning Dharma is that uh, uh, I can see the reason behind why I'm angry, why uh, I'm angry on the and location. Ah, uh, okay. Okay, good. How about the rest? Uh, attend for quite a few months. Uh, don't really get a chance to far away uh, to express all your pent-up wisdom. How? Any? Oh. How? Any? Any? How about the? How about the back? The gentleman at the back. Any? What are the practices you do? Any other gentleman behind you? <laughs> Okay. So how, uh, 
and any of these uh, practices would, uh, would you like to share how it, it helps you or improve uh-huh. okay uh, anything else to add okay, good uh, how about the second last row anything to add Huh? Ah, you recite the Heart Sutta. Sorry, I can't quite hear. Sorry. Uh huh. Okay. Uh huh. Ah. Good, thank you. Uh, who else? Uh, next. Uh, who, who is next? Uh, yeah, the few of you in economy class over there. Ren <laughs> Ren today, so don't worry. We have another one hour to go. Uh, who wants who wants to go first? How? Uh, three of you, three ami amigis. <laughs> like. Uh, uh, do repentance. Okay. How many of you do uh, repentance puja? Uh, yeah. So, especially now in uh, August, the Qi Yue Fa Hui is coming. Wow, so everybody feeling very guilty and then doing <laughs> a lot of repentance puja. Uh, so the... So how does that... Oh, she mentioned about how it reminds her of the things that uh, she has done or she has not done. Oh, that she didn't do right. Yeah. So, so we, Yeah. So, being unenlightened, uh, we on and off here and there may do something wrong. Yeah. Uh, so the purpose in Buddhism of uh, doing the hello asenga. I know it's. We better check whether it's something urgent. Uh, yeah. No, no problem. Yeah, you brought some laughter to everybody. Yeah. So. Ah, no, no, don't, don't keep on saying sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. So, when we do repentance puja, uh, in some communities, the the whole atmosphere is uh, almost like, ah, all of you are 
accumulated all the ignorance from beginningless time. Better pray and pray and cup towel until you. Um, I don't know. Do you all, do you all have this kind of uh, impression? Yeah, in some places, no. So some some. Uh, Well, how come you sorry to me then sorry to that person? <laughs> sorry to everybody. <laughs> yeah, don't be so sorry. Oh, okay. So the when we do when we practice the repentance puja, uh, we can reflect generally, yeah, on the on some of the things that are listed inside the puja. But uh, many of the many of the things that are listed may not be what we have done in this life, yeah. So uh, it is a reminder that um, while we may not have done it in this life, uh, potentially, if you are being unenlightened, we may have done it in the past life. And more importantly, when we do the repentance, it is to make a firm determination not to do it in future. Yeah. So whether we have done something or not, to make a firm determination, especially for those that we have done, yeah, to make the firm determination not to do it again. Yeah. Um, so in in the Buddhist practice of repentance, it's not meant to create the kind of uh, sinner uh, atmosphere where you feel miserable about yourself. Oh, I'm a horrible, evil person. I I should be damned to hell. You know. Yeah. You keep thinking that that way it's not it's not so healthy. Yeah, not so healthy. Uh I'm take a seat. So uh so doing repentance is actually a, a very wholesome positive practice. Yeah. It helps us to <coughs> plant new seeds. Plant new seeds associated with what is right and disconnect from what is not right. Uh, how about the rest? Lock uh, John. Huh? Oh, don't have any particular practice. Uh, I can't quite hear you, sorry. Oh, okay. Uh huh. Ah. Uh. Ah. Uh. Okay. Oh, don't have, don't have, wow, don't, don't see it. Ah, <laughs> uh, sorry? 
Oh, okay. 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 Ah. <coughs> So how does chanting Amitabha flow affect you? This gentleman over here. Uh, for me, I just I just uh, the morning. Uh, and I feel for me, just in space, uh, do it. Show myself calm down, no vision, nothing. Uh huh. Okay. What do you chant again? The uh, normal chanting. Ah, um, Amitabha. Good. Okay. Uh, any? Ah. So you don't sometimes it's wrong as okay, but it's wrong not really. I don't relate to all this, no? Then compassion Ten Dharma classes. So Kwan Simpusa Lugia Have you have you so you mentioned about how if something good then you just think that you are lucky. 
you say happy but like or something good the result is good lah then you just feel good and that's it you just feel good and let go but how about if there's something good that happened to you you don't you don't think it's Kwan Simbusa helping you to cook the bowl of, of uh, noodles <laughs> like, uh, so like you go to a food court then you order a bowl of noodles and it's very nice you don't think Maybe Kwan Simbusa added a bit of salt. No, of course, Kwan Simbusa don't go around adding salt. Uh. อ่าลัคกี้เลสเซนต์ลัคกี้ลัคกี้เอ่อนอตนอตนอตจัสอบาวท์ยูอ่ะเอ่อบายวันชอตทูทิงอบาวท์ดิสซีเนเรียลยา
in both cases, uh, those who change are the better, better ones. Yeah. So whether you do repentance or not, if you can change, uh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. But but uh, the we must be careful to as a result then dismiss the purpose of doing repentance. Uh, because over the past 10, 10 plus years, uh, in, in some classes, I do encounter some students, may not be what Li Ching has in mind, but there are some students uh, would, would think lesser of the ceremony or the process. Yeah. So, um, the ceremony, the process of doing chanting or doing offering and so on uh, can help people steer their mindset in the right direction. There are some people who don't need that. Yeah. Uh, so just because somebody don't need that doesn't mean that people don't need that. Understand? Uh, so if you are among those who don't need to go through repentance puja, and are able to see clearly this is wrong, I don't do it again. Or sadhu, sadhu, sadhu. Uh, but uh, if you encounter people who, as a result, dismiss the practice of repentance puja, for example, uh, so that is not so ideal also. Yeah, because there are those who still, who, who can benefit from it. You know? How about this, this group of the the Mary, uh, Mary practitioner who is always laughing. <laughs> yeah. Anything, anything else to add? Yes. Um, I do the heart sutra uh -huh. every day. Uh -huh. uh, yeah. Then I also do the lighting. Light offering. And water offering. Uh. To me, water offering is to, to show the gratitude. Okay. Yeah, gratitude towards. Ah, okay. So the lighting why is that uh, I hope that it can light up everybody's sentiment heart. Okay. Yeah, including myself. The heart sutra to me is uh, actually I like heart sutra because it's actually to me it's like the gist of the whole teaching uh, uh it's and every day at work because I used to have one Kanchong spider boss. Oh. Mina also called me one. Wow. Uh, one o'clock also called me one. Oh. Very Kanchong. Seven a.m. also wait for me at the gate. Meeting uh, back to back, back to back. Oh. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's that nobody likes him actually. Oh. Yeah. It, it, um, then until the said that there's one time I was riding in a park actually. So. You were in the what? I was in the dark. In the dark. Yeah. So until I come across this sutra, then when I go through, then I also share with him the sutra. Then now it's a lesser kanchong spider. Oh, him. wonderful. Uh, okay. Because, uh, then he, before he kanchong, he look at me. Mm, should I? I say no. Oh. <laughs> 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 ah. Yeah. So that's that's how it comes. But to me, sutra is that somehow comes my mind. Oh, comes in now. Okay. That's good. That's good. How? Last call. 
last call for for reflection. I know all of you have a lot of things coming up here already. Just let it out. Okay, if not, we can continue later on. Yes. Why is getting a fright due to conceit or ego? Yeah. And why is uh, treating the other person differently because the personal role is higher is due to attachment to the ego? Uh, so hang on, uh, the first question. Why is it that when a person experiences fright, why do we say that? That means you become fearful. Why do we say that it's due to attachment or ego? <coughs> Uh, that's the first question, right? Uh, or consider ego. So, it is because if there's no consider ego, what is consider ego? Uh, it's basically identification with the five aggregates as me. So, let me ask you all something. Uh, if you, Tio Bepio, if you strike lottery, yeah, first price, $50,000. For some, I don't know how, what is the payout rate, uh, but let's say you manage to win $50,000. Would you be fearful? Would you be fearful? You wouldn't be fearful, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, what about if you are walking back home from... Uh, you know, from class and then it's very late gossip will go on and on until 10 plus 11 o'clock then when you, by the time you reach home it's 11 plus, last bus, you know so as you're walking back then uh, you notice someone you know, at the void deck and you're three blocks away and then a person who is smoking then look at you <laughs> yeah, then <laughs> Never smoke before. <laughs> Only watch movies. Huh? At that point, will you be fearful? Probably at least more fearful than if you tio baby. So, uh, so, what if you are, what if Sifu send you back home? What if well, a whole group of friends send, is sending you back home? Then while walking back home, that same person down there, <laughs> then what? one whole group of you, 10 of you, do you feel fearful? <laughs> ah, so, eh, so same scenario, You, in one case you feel fearful, in another case you don't feel fearful. Yeah? Why? Why? In, in all likelihood, huh? Uh, what? In the first case, you are alone. Second case, you have a. Uh, so in the first case, being alone. Uh, what is so frightening about being alone? <laughs> ah, you are fearful of what they will do to that man. Oh, you see, I never even say. Did I say man? <laughs> oh, I, I did say man. Huh? Okay, okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. Nowadays, a uh, quite different already, you know. Nowadays, women also, 
Ah, good point. So you got strength, and they can they can also give you the Baypio ticket. What if after well, then then the the man take out the Baypio ticket and say, "Right, Holland, you run." <laughs> Even if the man has the winning ticket, want to give you, you know, you also run, right? Uh. You don't know what will happen after you accept it, huh? <laughs> so, uh, it boils down to that you are fearful of what happens to you. Yeah, the person by its himself is not fearful. It's with reference to you, then you have fear. So, without the attachment to this as you, what is that to fear? And that's why, for the case of let's say, um, we have seen in nature how uh, the in an animal kingdom, the mother of a flock of let's say duck or chicken or whatever can be very protective. And sometimes a small little bird, ah, wow, go and attack the snake, no? <laughs> yeah, why? Not that the, the bird is not fearful, but in that moment, the concern is for the for the eggs or for the little chicks. So, no more care about their own life. Yeah, uh, so wow, full of courage to go and attack. Yeah, so in both cases, it's actually still conceit and ego. In the in the. Um, when we use the word, yeah, you can say you identify with this as me. Uh, so, no, who wants to be harmed? Uh, even masochists, I don't think they want to be harmed. Yeah, they want to experience pain according to the way they want it. Yeah, uh, but most people uh, fear physical harm. So in the second scenario, when you have a lot of people, in a way it's also a sense of conceit, that's why you feel safe. Because you identify with all these people as your friend. (laughs) So you feel mm, safety in numbers. Uh, Not true, which part is not true? So, what kind of friends do you have? <laughs> oh, no, no, because there was one I went to near to Mexico there. Oh. Then I alone. Uh huh. Then I drive, I lost my way. Uh huh. Then the moment I step out, I see all the big guy. Uh huh. In my ah. I mean, I lost my way because then, then we see that we take drugs everywhere. Uh huh. Ah. Then after I also don't know how. In the end, I. In the end, I spent the night at hospital. Why? Lobby. <laughs> Lobby. Oh. I got lost my way. Oh. When I asked them, they is like the kind of fear is like, don't know should I ask them or should I ask them? Uh huh. Okay. So I cannot take that as my fear that I ask them. No way for me to take that as my fear. Hmm. 
So when you don't take them as your friend, then you are fearful, right? So if they are your friend, will you be will you still be fearful? But at the 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 way they look at me, I don't feel that I'm safe also. Yeah, because that's because you don't take them as your friend, ma. Then you take them as your friend. So imagine if over there you get out of the car, and then you see Sifu down there. Hey, Sherry. <laughs> then are you still fearful? You know. So that's why just now the example was, if you are with a group of friends, will you still be fearful? Ah. Uh, uh, we. Uh, what is So, so the question is, from 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 just now until now, was there anyone who said that you should be fearless or fearful? Was there anyone who said that? No, I never say anything about whether you should or shouldn't. <laughs> No, I, my, my point is, I absolutely agree with you that it is natural that we are fearful. The example wasn't to say that we shouldn't be fearful. The example was to illustrate why we are fearful, not that we shouldn't or should be fearful. Yeah, because her question was, why is it that we say fear arises from conceit and ego? So I use that illustration to highlight that it is due to our identification and attachment to this body that leads to the fear because of what can potentially happen to us. Yeah. Uh, I, I am totally with you in the opinion that we shouldn't, um, we shouldn't be careless in terms of safety. I cannot tell you how many uh, female students I have warned uh, about not going for <clears throat> early morning run or late light, night run. Uh, I, I mean, I don't understand sometimes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> that in, in, in other countries, uh, there's a lot of public debate about who is to blame. Yeah, because there are some countries where when there's an assault that happened, then the sometimes the jury or the judge will even say ridiculous things like, well, like who, who asked that girl to, you know, sometimes the, the, the person who assaulted will even say like, but she dressed this way. <laughs> so, um, for, yes, as far as I'm concerned, this is never correct. 
no one should be blamed for the assault because of how you dress. Because if you say that, then it's like saying, who asked you to be so rich? That's why you got robbed. It, it cannot be the, the correct way of thinking. It is wrong. But having said that, I also caution uh, a lot of female students that um, while that is correct, don't put yourself in unnecessary risk. Because by the time it happened, you can go to court and file a charge and the court can rule in your favour. But you have already been assaulted. It's too late. It's just like if you are crossing the street and it's green man and there's a car coming, you shouldn't cross if the car is not stopping. You shouldn't say, <laughs> Then if the person really knocked you down, then after that, well, you go to the hospital, three months later you recover, you go to court, and then well, you, show your, you show that you have your handphone filming and everything. So what? You already buy a car already. You know? <laughs> yeah, so I'm... I'm totally on the same page as you. Yeah. Uh, at no point did myself or anyone <laughs> suggest that you should be fearless in such case. Even Sufu <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I didn't even mention about. <laughs> Ah, so. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe let me let me rephrase the question. Uh. there is this question of ultimately the ult- final goal is that a person when un- when when attain enlightenment will become unattached. So the question is, if a person is unattached, then in such a situation, wouldn't a person be subjected to unnecessary harm, then it means that our Buddhist final goal is actually not practical, it's impractical. So in the Buddha's time, uh, there were uh, there were nuns who practiced um, just like the monks, and then things happened. They got assaulted. Yeah, and so because of those incidents, the Buddha passed certain rules. Uh, restricting uh, nuns from practicing by themselves, that they must stay as a pair, minimum as a pair. Yeah, you cannot stay by yourself, and when traveling, you cannot travel by yourself as well. Uh, so, uh, even though some of them are arhans, you know, the nuns, even as arhans, this rule is not changed. Yeah, doesn't mean that oh, you're arhan, so you can travel by yourself. Because there was an Arahant uh, nun who had spiritual powers, you know, but when she was attacked, she was not able to manifest his her psychic power. Yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah. So in that scenario, in that case, uh, uh, the Buddha did give an explanation. He says. Uh, that assault happened in that case. Uh, not all. Uh, I cannot tell you whether all cases of things happening is due to past karma. But in that case, it was due to past karma. 
Yeah. So this is one of the example case study where we say uh, spiritual power sentonga cannot overcome yearly. Uh, cannot overcome it. Mosilanzunza was also assaulted. Hamtang and, and got killed. He is number one in psychic power. Yeah, Sentong Di. But cannot overcome it also. Uh, so then the question is, so where, where does that leave us? So the thing is, if a person truly attain enlightenment, uh, the person should still practice uh, precaution out of compassion for others so that you don't cause others to do un- unnecessary harm to yourself. Yeah? Uh, the Buddha even explicitly instructed the monks and nuns uh, to not, not simply oh, attain arahanthood and then enter Parinibbana, but to live on, continue yeah, for the welfare and benefit of others. Uh, uh, in the suttas, it's mentioned that sometimes the arahants they would they would in the morning go out for arms round right so then they will because some of them have psychic power they observe if I go down this route will I get attacked if I go down this route will there be people who will be abusive yeah the Buddha advised someone in this way you know he said uh, that person said he wants to go to a certain town yeah, to go and teach there or to go go and stay there. The Buddha said, but that place, uh, the people there are quite aggressive, you know, they are not friendly towards the, the bhikkhus. They say, oh, it's okay, you know, that's, that's fine. Said, what if they start being verbally abusive? Oh, it's okay. Blessed one. They are just verbally abusive. They never physically attack me. Yeah. Then the Buddha said, what if they physically attack you? Then he said, oh, well, they never take sticks and stones to attack me. What if they take sticks and stones to attack you? Well, at least they didn't kill me. Then the Buddha said, what if they kill you? And you know what the monk said? Because the monk has already reached that level, he said, ah, it's okay. Anyway, this body, what what use is there? (laughs) So then, then the Buddha said, well, in that case, then you can go there. And the point is that um, even to the Sangha, the Buddha actually set out certain rules. That one, when you are choosing a place to stay, if that place is known to be with danger, don't stay there. Yeah? If a path is, is known to be dangerous, don't travel by that path. Yeah, uh, the Buddha don't say, "Hey, see you all, ah, not attachment, uh, afraid of what? Just try lah." <laughs> yeah, or say, "Why afraid? Ah, Nian Da Pei Zou, Dao Mo Han." Ah, oh, because sometimes when we just look at the teachings, uh, for you all, you all attend Dharma classes. But there are many who don't attend Dharma classes. They don't have a chance to uh, ask questions and they may have a lot of wrong views. Uh, so next time when you encounter people saying these kind of things, uh, you can tell them, no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because sometimes people have wrong views. Uh, uh, what is the second part of the question? The, the other question is... Uh, uh, 
another person differently because the person role is higher is attachment to the people. So treating a person differently because of the person's uh, what? Role, a higher role. Why is that considered an attachment to the ego? Where do you hear it from that this is or from me? Uh? <coughs> Probably not 100% word for word what I said. You are inferring what I said. Uh, but still, it can still apply. Um, in some ways, you can apply. In some ways, you cannot apply that. So, um, for example, uh, in this class, you all play certain role. I play certain role. Yeah. For me, whether you bow or you don't bow, in some classes, everybody bows, some people don't bow. For me... <laughs> When you bow, is is for your own benefit, not for my benefit. I didn't become a monk for people to bow at me. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but you all don't bow at each other. So, in that way, you can say that you treat the Dharma speaker differently compared to those who are not a Dharma speaker. So, you can do that based on the role that the person plays. Or you can do it based on that person. If you do it based on that person, then it is attachment to the conceit and ego. Conceit and ego is not just about us, you know. It can be attachment to that person, that entity as a person. Uh, so, for example, when you offer me uh, food and drinks, do you all just offer to sifu and sifu alone? Or do you offer to whoever teaches you? Uh, then it's different. No? Or do you offer to whoever is a Sangha member? Uh, then it's also different. Oh, this one is my Sifu. Then I offer. That one is also Sifu, but not my Sifu. Then it's clearly an attachment to the person. Not having the right uh, reverence to the person's role. Yeah. Having reverence and respect to the person as a Sangha member, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But if you have you show respect, you do offering and so on and so forth, simply because it's this person, ah, then that's a problem. That's why I ever give an exercise to some some students. When this student keep offering things to me, then I say we must offer the same thing to other monks. Yeah. And this is to break away that connection, that one to one connection that you offer because it's me. Yeah. Uh, in in our refuge taking, taking refuge in the Buddha, Dharma and the Sangha. Yeah. Uh, in the preparation classes, sometimes we will highlight when we take refuge in this way, we don't just say, Oh, this this master, oh, he, he is the one who is my refuge master. So only he is my teacher. In some traditions, in some lineage, uh, some Buddhist community is like that. Or oh, I'm your guru. Only this one is guru. Other people, other monks, nuns, not guru. Uh, I don't say that this is right or wrong, but this is not in line with what the Buddha taught. Yeah. Uh, 
whoever is part of the Sangha is our guide, is our teacher. Yeah. Uh, we can have a, what we call Acharya, Qingjiaoshi. That means this is, this person, uh, among all the Sangha members, this teacher is uh, someone that I, I'm currently learning from directly. Uh, so it's like Singapore, there are many doctors, yeah, uh, but this is my family doctor. Uh, is there a difference? There is a difference. Yeah, but you shouldn't then dismiss all other doctors as doctors. Uh, you doctors what? Not my family doctor, you're not doctor. <laughs> Cannot be like that. Uh, that's why I say, uh, directly or indirectly, we say that if a person were to uh, treat someone of a, who is a higher role uh, differently, uh, in such a case, it is considered an attachment to the ego and conceit. If you, if a person were to treat differently, uh, not because of that person, then it's not conceit and ego. If it's because of the role, then it should apply to everybody who has that role. Yeah. Well, then I, I never say that. I never say that if you treat if a person treat everybody equally according to the role, then then that is the attachment. I never say that. No, no. Uh, I don't get the whole thing correct. But it's doing a woman doing the conceit part. You say something like uh, if you treat the other person because the role is higher. Oh, because the role is higher. Depending on how differently la. In what way is it different? Huh? <laughs> well, um, so the example I gave earlier was that the person's role is different, so I use the example of Shifu. But if let's say uh, if you are treating the person differently, or because this one is the boss, then wow, you sucker the boss. Then this one is not the boss, then you don't you are not as helpful, then that's clearly an attachment to the conceit as well. Because uh, because of what that person of a higher authority can do for you. Yeah. It is always because of what the person or what the circumstances can do towards you. <clears throat> so if you are, if you don't have attachment to this as you, <clears throat> you don't have identification of this as you, then why would you treat your boss differently simply because he's the boss? But we have seen this at work, isn't it? Yeah. If the same idea uh, your colleague suggests, then you uh, okay, la, we think about it. Uh, boss come in. Oh, okay, no problem, boss, no problem. <laughs> right? Uh, so that is, uh, uh, in, in that case, is due to the conceit and ego. Okay. Uh. Uh. Or you ask, you ask someone who teach to that that question, uh. 
I will tell you this. Uh, whether they are inferior or not, uh, in my opinion, they are not inferior. Uh, that's why we call the ceremony Today we associate Fuoshi, Buddha's work, or Buddha's um, activity, with simply chanting. And usually it's said in a maybe somewhat um, condescending tone. Uh, but if we look at Huayan uh, Jing, what is Fuoshi? It is what it is the liberation of sentient beings. What do, do Buddhas do? Buddha don't just do things that has no results. Whatever the Buddha say, when the Buddha uh, open the mouth or do something, it is always to benefit sentient beings. So when we say uh, these monks do chanting, we say tam zai zuo is actually highlighting that they are doing the activity that can liberate sentient beings. The trouble is, how many people, when they go for chanting, do it correctly? <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, when, when most people go for chanting, most people don't understand what they chant. Uh, so that's why not many people get liberated. Ma. But is it the fault of the the, the monks who do chanting that they don't get liberated. <laughs> it's just like Sufu also teach ma. But maybe some of some people don't understand then is it my fault? <laughs> but some of you may feel, wow, very good explanation. So it depends on the conditions. Uh. Uh. Now, are there those who just do chanting but uh, without the intent to do to liberate? Maybe, uh, but that doesn't mean that all all monks or nuns who do chanting do it with that intent. Uh, that's why, in my opinion, uh, monks and nuns who only so-called only do chanting uh, are not in any way inferior. I have known uh, devotees who, because of a funeral, yeah. Akong Ama passed away, then uh, at first they are quite like, Ayah, all this superstition. Then the monk come, and then the moment they start, Ru For some people, but for some of these devotees, uh, the moment they hear it, what I mean, even when I'm chanting, <laughs> not in the bad way, but I feel, you know. Yeah. So there are, and there are really those who uh, get touched by the chanting. Over here in this very hall, uh, there was I think was it the eight precepts or is it hard to try one of the year? <clears throat> there was one devotee retired uh, she is as kantang as is it like baba kantang type uh. so she cannot understand a single word of Chinese actually so I during the talk I was I just did one short verse of the San Kui and then after that she, she was like 
after I finished, then during the talk, she was like, Oh, Shifu, that was so beautiful. I don't understand why you chanted, but it was so beautiful. I'm like, really? My chanting beautiful? Like, <laughs> So you, you never know. Yeah, you never know. There are some people who who get who whose door is through the chanting. So after they hear the chanting, ah, they will enter into the Dharma. There are those who they hear chanting cannot make sense. Then then when they hear, when they see uh, a monk or nun, wow, full of grace and poise and calmness, don't have to hear you give any talk. Wow. Mm, Buddhism is good. <laughs> then some people are not inspired by human being, inspired by the statue. Go to the temple, oh, oh yeah, immediately just cry. You know? Yeah, so different people are inspired and get started in different ways. Yeah, so in my opinion, um, although I, I am one of the category, <laughs> I mean, you all, many of you know me for many years, uh, you know that for me, only two two main chant: Xin Xin Da Pei Zhu, Zhou Tian Ya. But in my opinion, uh, for them, they they reach out to those who can be reached out in that way. And and increasingly, there there are some of them before they do the chanting, they may give a short discourse. And uh, I must say. Like for Sifu, you know, people come to do to the monastery to do function, then somehow ask me to go and do some chanting. People finish it in 15 minutes. I chant, I, I explain for one and a half hours. <laughs> you know, then chant for half an hour. Then after that, wow, they continue and ask me to sit down and then ask me more questions. In the end, the whole process takes three hours. I was never asked again to do chanting. <laughs> So different people have different uh, approach. Ying yi hersen da du zi, ji xian hersen away so far. So far doesn't mean just giving Dharma talk, you know. Uh, doesn't just mean that. Also called vulnerable. Also called vulnerable. <laughs> ah, uh, let me tell a distinction. Those who conduct puja, if they conduct the major puja, and they sit in the center throne, it's called Jing Gang Sang Si. For Sifu, my whole life will never be Jing Gang Sang Si. But actually, those who do that role, they, didn't, they don't crave to be called Jing Gang Sang Si. Because it's heavy responsibility, you know. Because if you're sitting up there, you are in charge of the whole ceremony. And you better, you better make sure that your your puja really work uh. otherwise later a lot of good friends can't look for you <laughs> yeah huh? yeah so uh, I remember when I was uh, uh, in maybe secondary school I was in the market with my mom so he saw a Taiwanan monk in the in the hawker center so my mom told me ah uh I think go and buy Chabi Hun or something. And then go and offer. Yeah. So uh, when I did the offering, I also don't know whether real monk or fake monk. <laughs> but I knew down and in my mind, maybe not secondary school, maybe a bit older. Because in my mind I was thinking, uh, 
with this offering in future, when when I become, if I I don't know whether I will become a monk at that point in time, but I thought uh, in future may I also receive support when I'm doing my practice. Yeah. So at that point in time, maybe he's a real monk, maybe he's a fake monk, maybe he is a chanting monk, maybe he's a Dharma speaker monk. But what we can say is that even if he's a fake monk, you kneel down very respectfully, you will cause him to have a bit of introspection, a bit of shame. Like if he's actually a fake, then you kneel down, then you pay respect. It may cause him to think, oh yeah, am I a, I'm actually a fake monk there. <laughs> Maybe he really become a real monk. <laughs> Uh, hard to say. Yeah, uh, but if you encounter any monks standing around and then selling amulets, don't buy the amulet. Uh. don't waste your time and don't waste his time. Yeah, because uh, a real monk or nun, for that matter, shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, shouldn't be doing that. Wow, Zun Wu, I didn't so how much do you pay? <laughs> Ten dollar. Oh, that one quite cheap, quite cheap, That one not bad. <laughs> Several years back, there was this group, and they got they cannot complain and appear in the newspaper because some of them, when they are offered like five dollars or ten dollars, they say, uh, like not enough. Uh, minimum quite. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. Uh, whether whether or not uh, yeah, so to conclude that any Sangha member you must remember even a fake monk uh, unless you know it's a fake monk uh, but if you don't know that whether it's a real monk or fake monk question the fact that you suspect it's a fake monk means that it looks like a monk correct? if you will not think that Michael Jackson looks I mean okay dead person don't talk about him let's say someone else if doesn't if the person don't look like a monk you won't think it's a fake monk isn't it it's because the person looks like a monk but you're wondering whether it's a real one or fake one the fact that it can remind you of that eh, there's merit you know depending on whether you think in the right way lah. when you encounter anyone who appear like a monk or a nun you should consider ah this person potentially was ordained by five or ten other monks or nuns. And individually, each of them were in turn ordained by five or ten others. And this comes from an unbroken lineage trace that can be traced all the way back to the Buddha. In that way, you get reminded of the Buddha. And through this lineage, the Dharma, and the precepts that they uphold or the teachings through the Buddha, the Buddha Dharma, and also the Sangha that has brought the generations up to this point. So anytime you see a Sangha member, you can, you can get reminded of the Triple Gem. Yeah? Just on that basis, ah. okay. So uh, the when we when we stop we stop at the last of the that unwholesome under this section yeah um, and 
I gave that example of the I, I explained the new Gautier over here. Yeah. So uh so uh so chi xie jing jie bing me yo ren her zen shi Yeah, so in those cases when they do all the practices, um uh, in fact uh by observing this practice and that practice, uh, it doesn't bring real benefit. Yeah, it actually brings um, a lot of pain, maybe suffering or discomfort, but there's no uh, fruits. There's no results. Yeah, uh, and this is why last week I gave you all the exercise, and today we had this discussion uh, to consider. How does your practice help you in your life? How does it, your practices uh, improve you, change you, help you to face your life difficulties and so on? Yeah, because even when you do a so-called Dharma practices, if you don't do it with the right view, it actually becomes this category. The category where you are just doing a practice hoping that it can help you, but you, you don't really know whether it helps you. Yeah? In Buddhism, the practices should directly produce a result. Yeah? Uh, so, routinely, you should consider this. Yeah? Uh, do a self-check. Uh, how is my practices helping me? Uh, don't, don't just try a practice for three days then expect some miracle. Uh. Uh, but if you practice it for three months, six months, uh, you should see some changes. Yeah. If you don't see a change, then you should consult the teacher whom you practice under for that practice. Yeah. Uh, and find out more. If you somehow cannot find a teacher, yeah, welcome to come and look for me or Bante or somebody. Oh. So in zi chu. Uh, yeah, so um, through uh, the the wrong knowing, the wrong knowledge actually, yeah, and the grasping, grasping of what? Grasping of this practice, yeah, and grasping of this uh, this five aggregates, five clinging aggregates as the most supreme. More supreme truth, more supreme, uh, uh, in a way, goal. Uh,又是得涅盘,这个清净的因, and further, thinking that, oh, I practice in this way, it can help me attain enlightenment. Now, if it is a proper practice that can lead to enlightenment, then this is not a wrong view. This is not attachment to precepts. But if you hold on to something that actually doesn't help you attain enlightenment, but you think that it does, then it falls under this category. Yeah? Uh, then it is considered uh, this, this attachment grasping onto precepts. Yeah? And in some cases, the translation call it rites and rituals. Strictly speaking, in Buddhism, there's no rites and rituals. Yeah? Or there are no practices that are redundant. So all the practices uh, do 
in some way or another contribute to our progress. Yeah, uh, this is actually rather important because otherwise, if you don't benefit in even the slightest way from your practice, then what happened? Your faith will not be strong. Your confidence will not be there. And all it takes is for someone to come and ask you a question. Yeah, challenge your your view or your stand. Challenge your practice. Yeah, enough people. One person say, "Ah, yeah, all these are superstition." Then you may. No, it's not superstition. Two person tell you, you are wasting your time. How do you know? Well, you start to a. Eh. Three person, four person, a few more person. Then you, ah, yeah, you know. Maybe you are supposed you go for a weekly chanting. Then uh, that evening, you like, ah, yeah, today quite tired. Huh? I think it's okay, lah. Huh? Yeah. Why is it okay? Ah, uh, because it is only okay to skip only because you have not benefited from it. If you have benefited from it, you will not skip. <clears throat> you will not hesitate. Yeah. Oh, so this is actually there are two sides to it, huh? Besides knowing what it is, yeah, uh, to know your own practices, how it benefit you, okay. So, 十种烦恼中，贪嗔痴慢，呃，身见边见六种，通于俱生即分别起。Yeah, so 十种烦恼中 ，Yeah, so the ten kinds of um、uh, defilements. Tan Chen Chi three, Man four, then Shen Jian Bian Jian Liu Zhong. So within the ten kinds of defilements, uh, these six. Yeah, so one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, these six. Uh, what about them? Tong Yu Ju Shen Ji Fen Bie. So there's this verse, this phrase here, Ju Shen and Fen Bie. Yeah, so Jisun basically means uh, that uh, you, you can say you are born that way. You are born with it. Yeah. So without further learning, if you have this kind of uh, uh, emotions or this kind of views, yeah, like greed, hatred, and delusion, you don't have to go to class to learn it. Ah,、uh. yeah. Even small little kids, they can have quite a quite a bit of that. Of all these elements, yeah, including conceit, yeah, including the attachment to the body as I, yeah, the 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 sakya diti, including those extreme views, yeah, this if it exists, yeah, it it comes quite naturally. When you are born, you are, you have this kind of wrong views. Uh, so, uh, but there are those that actually. There are some aspects of it that can also be、uh, true learning.、Yeah. So here it's saying this for this sex, tong yu, ju shen and fen bie. Fen bie means after you are born, then you associate with some friends、uh, or maybe some religious school or school of thoughts, and after learning it, ah, you accept this idea, and after accepting this idea, you discriminate. Or rather, you discriminate, then you accept, ah, then you have this view. Oh. So, ah, tan chen shi man, shen jian bian jian. 
so altogether these six so of the ten six of these uh, can arise spontaneously as you are born or it can arise uh, from discrimination yeah further discrimination so yeah, this is the explanation I've just given. Uh, that if it spontaneously just arises, yeah, without further learning, then it is what we call chisen. Uh, in a way, if you just use an English word, that means it is uh, innate, yeah, or inborn, uh, <coughs> born with it. Then the next one, So uh, the fear that means through discrimination, yeah, through thinking, yeah, through deliberation, uh, then it arises, then it's considered fear. That means through uh, discrimination. So, yi xie jian jian qu jie jing qu, uh, So just now we mentioned about the ten defilements. That six of them uh, can arise spontaneously or through discrimination. Here, four of them, there are four that is further uh, classified. Yeah, uh, that is purely due to uh, further discrimination. Yeah, what are they? Yi doubt. Yeah, then xie jian the wrong views or evil views. Then jian qu grasping onto views then qi that means uh, grasping onto uh, practices uh, these four are under further discrimination that means uh, if you never hear of it you don't know about them yeah also take for example doubt if you never hear anything uh, questionable uh, or you never learn anything or you never hear people uh, say something uh, questionable about something else, you wouldn't have doubt. Yeah, uh, doubt arises when uh, someone when you read something, hear something, then you have more and more questions. Yeah, so, so all the different wrong views or erjian. Yes, here is xiejian. Uh, if you have never heard of this view, how can you even have it? Yeah, only after you hear, oh. Actually, the earth is flat or something. <laughs> uh, then, okay. But that's just an example. Uh. In Buddhism, earth, whether earth is flat or not, is not considered a wrong view. <laughs> yeah, because the wrong views that is identified in Buddhism uh, pertain to uh, whether it can cause you to become stuck in samsara or not. Yeah. No. Mainly that. So, Jianchu, grasping onto views. At the first place, if you have not heard of the view, how can you grasp onto it? Yeah. And uh, then the last one, attachment to precepts. Yeah. So, all this is through further learning and further discrimination. Then, these four can arise. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so here uh, I also mentioned just now there are three conditions yeah, three conditions for those 
uh, to arise. First one is yeah, So your your supposed good friend. In this case, it says your bad friends through the the influence of your bad friends. Yeah, they they come and share with you some wrong ideas. Secondly, So uh, those school of thoughts that are wayward, that are wrong, uh, through that influence, you hear about the teachings, ah, wow, then you can get influence. Yeah? But plus, thirdly, on your own, after all those externalities, you discriminate. And then you think, ah, wow, this one makes sense, that one don't make sense. Oh, this one is true, that one is not true. And through all that together, then the four uh, the four types arise. Yeah, namely uh, doubt, see it, then the wrong views, the grasping onto views and grasping onto precepts. This four arises. And remember grasping onto precepts is grasping onto those practices that actually doesn't have uh, doesn't have any direct contribution to enlightenment. So, based on this paragraph, You can, uh, you can consider and think about, okay, the, the first six that is mentioned, these are things that you cannot, blame, you cannot always blame other people. Because sometimes it's because of your own. But the last four, the, the next four, uh, you, need, you require the influence of others. So, to guard against the, the last four, uh, you should consider carefully who you associate with. Yeah? And apply critical thinking and not simply accept whatever people say. Uh, then you can prevent doubt from arising. Yeah? Prevent wrong views from arising. Grasping onto views that are actually you know, wrong. Yeah? Uh, grasping on to practices that actually doesn't work. Uh, use critical thinking. Examine it. Yeah? Just like how the Kalama Sutta, the Buddha illustrated in the Kalama Sutta. Examine whether have, adopting this line of thought, yeah? does it lead to more greed, hatred or delusion? Yeah? Does it lead to us uh, having lesser of these impulses? Does it lead to us having wrong views, thinking that killing, stealing, sexual misconduct, and lying is okay? Yeah. Or does it do the reverse? Yeah. Yeah. Then for the first six, sometimes it's due to external influence, but it can it also be due to your own yeah, inborn nature. Yeah, so don't. Yeah, then if you have a, a let's say turn anger. Uh, don't don't blame it on others. <laughs> uh, we have to be partially responsible for it also. Yeah. So next paragraph, Tan Yi Liang Fa. 
So, 必不同时升起。所爱的境与所称的境必不相同故。so this uh, here is talking about how greed and hatred. Uh, so these two, uh, their object, their object differs. Yeah. So the two of them cannot arise simultaneously, yeah, because, uh, but of course this sometimes uh, in Chinese we say you are you so sometimes human beings are quite complex. Uh. Uh, but in most cases, even if someone that you love and hate, you are in a love-hate relationship, when you think of that person, uh, you are either in a state of love or hate. Yeah. Generally, together, we say you are in a love-hate relationship. Yeah. But when you are thinking of the person and having loving feeling, you cannot be having hateful feeling at the same time. Yeah. How can that be possible? Because all of us have different qualities. So oftentimes, the same person can have qualities that oh, make you oh yeah, want that person so much, but at the same time have very annoying qualities. So when you forget, when you are thinking about the loving part of that person, ah, <laughs> Ah, you know, then you, you to- are totally blind of all the bad qualities, you know. So, wow, so loving. Then suddenly that person do something stupid again. And you, oh, oh, then you totally forget about all the loving qualities. Yeah, this is how it is. Huh? So, uh, in some ways related to this is the notion that Opposing qualities, opposing mental states cannot arise together. Yeah. So if you have loving kindness, loving kindness opposes uh, hatred. Yeah. Loving kindness opposes hatred. <clears throat> so when you have loving kindness, hatred cannot arise. When you have, uh, let's say, uh, the practice of uh, uh, what you call that? Uh, renunciation. Okay? Then, greed cannot arise. Uh, greed cannot arise. Yeah? Or you practice foulness of the body. Then, craving for uh, sensual desire cannot arise. Uh, so, this, this, this is another part of it. Yeah? But I noticed one of you looking at the clock. Then, I look up. It is already 9.30 something. Huh? Is it 9.30 something? Yeah. So, uh, I want to just highlight um, <clears throat> when we look at the, the, the set here, behind there's all the uh, secondary uh, defilements. Over here, we are primarily actually only looking at the six primary defilements. Then, the, in terms of views, yeah, the wrong views, then it's expanded further yeah, to become 10. So, um, in our day-to-day life, we may have different emotions, uh, 
unwholesome states or not so happy states that you may not find an exact one-to-one match with some of this. Yeah? Uh, then it's up to us to ask ourselves, okay, what is the closest defilement that matches that? Yeah? Uh, and under which family of defilements does this state fall under? You may have an answer, you may not have. If you don't have, you can ask during the class. Yeah? Uh, but if you manage to find an answer, then you can work on it. Yeah? Because otherwise, sometimes one of the predicament or challenge of Buddhists is what we learn in the Dharma class, eh, the exact words we don't use in our day-to-day life. So we feel like eh, it's a disconnect. Yeah? Uh, but actually, there is still that co- correlation or at least or rather, uh, we can actually still apply it. Yeah. It's a matter of finding that match. Okay? Yeah. Put our palms together. Yuan Xiao San Zhang Zhu Fan Nao. Yuan Da Zi Hui Zen Ming Liao. Pu Yuan Zui Zhang Xi Xiao Chu. Shi Shi Chang Xing Pusha Dao. Amitabha. Chi Li.